Good morning, New Song family. I was originally going to start a series today called So Last Year, recounting truths that we have heard over the last couple of years that are very relevant and would be um, worth repeating during the times we are living right now. And as I was studying, I felt like the Lord impressed on, impressed on my heart that um, he wants us to look at the times we are living in a little bit more detail for a moment today because we have been looking at outcomes right outcomes god could be working in this time we've been looking at areas we need to outgrow we've been looking at fundamentals to win the battle we've been looking at strategies for victory when feeling outnumbered and this is what the lord uh kind of kind of whispered to my spirit and he said this we have a lot of tools in our belt or in our portfolio to see him work. But we need to ask ourselves, are we alert to the times, the specific times that we are living, not a broad sense of the word, a year or a few months, but the times that we are living right at this moment? Are we alert to them enough to be responders if God asks us to move or do something or uh, speak on his behalf or take action. And I don't mean um, responders in the sense that, do you know the, the stats? Do you know the latest uh, COVID projections? Do you know the latest numbers? I don't mean, do you know all the platforms your party uh, stands on and you have thoroughly thoroughly researched them and you could explain them to anyone I don't even mean are you aware of the latest public mask guidelines I, and I certainly don't mean when I say are you keeping watch are you alert that are you watching the news uh, I, I'm talking about something uh, bigger than all of this because prophecies in the bible the bible is all about uh, what is happening the old testament is foretelling the new testament the new testament is uh foretelling what's going on and then the Re revelations uh, revelation is about forever and um we need to see that prophecies are coming to pass all around us right before our very eyes and sure they've been happening for the last two thousand years but we're seeing them more, even more. And I wanted to make sure you are aware and understand that there is a harvest coming and we must be ready to respond. Jesus wanted to make us aware of this. He, he um, knew that you know the New Testament is, is helping us to see how to live today. And he shared a parable with his disciples. It's found in Matthew chapter 13. And I wanted to... Um, just read it for you and um, help help uh, us to um, see how appropriate it is in the time we are living. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, it says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. The kingdom of heaven. Let your kingdom come. The things that are around us the things that we can't see the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field but while everyone was sleeping 
say sleeping, write sleeping. Look at the word and read that. If you're reading your Bible, circle that word sleeping. While everyone was sleeping, and obviously he doesn't just mean really sleeping, his enemy came while he was sleeping after they had sowed good seed. And the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. Sound familiar? This church better not fall asleep. We are the sleeping giant. I've heard it said before. Verse 26, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared right along with the wheat. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't we sow seed of seeds of wheat, good seed, in your field? When, uh, then where did the weeds come from? <laughs> An enemy did this, he replied. An enemy did this. I have this same question. Where did the weeds come from? The times we are living, I don't know what happened in the summer that caused weeds to be so strong, but I'm trying to plant grass and all that seems to grow is weeds. Weeds seem to just grow everywhere. That's not what he's talking about. But what he is talking about is two different crops, two different crops that are growing at the same time. And both of them are doing well. Both of them are thriving. One are the weeds and one are the, is the wheat. Two crops. Sound like today? The weeds and the wheat are growing. Yes, definitely the wheat is growing. That's what we've been talking about in this last series. You, you know, uh, there's outcomes that are happening. God is working. God is about to bring, I believe, the largest gathering of believers uh, the world has ever seen. The largest harvest. I believe that wheat is going to be uh, harvested. I believe that people are going to find Jesus like they never have before. That's not hard to believe in the fact that um, technology is changing so much that we can reach more people today than we could have even than we could have ever reached. We have technologies today that we would not have seen a year ago that make it possible to reach a lot of people. And I also believe this, that revival is coming and that we will see more of God's power, more of God's presence, and more of God's miracles than we've ever seen before. That's what we've been talking about with outcomes and out, things the church is outgrowing and victory that he is bringing in areas that he is working through even in these tough times. But there are two crops. At the same time, the devil is planting weeds. And I see, and you probably see this too, more weeds than we've ever seen in our lifetime. An unprecedented rise in violence, immorality, perversion, disunity, and the list goes on. You understand, you name it. And in some ways, you could say the devil has grown more weeds over the last nine months than we've seen in years of the church, maybe even a decade. The disciples were, uh, do you believe that? Do you believe that? It's crazy, crazy times. And the 
the disciples, after hearing this, this story, this par parable, they were confused and they later asked for an explanation. The explanation of it, and you can read it for yourself, is found in the same chapter in verses 36 through 43. And in there, three sobering things were brought up by Jesus, what the parable were about. The first one is this. This is a parable about the end of the age. People ask me, you're a pastor, you should know, is this the end times? Is this how long until Jesus comes? None of us know, but this parable is about the end of the age. The second sobering thing is that the righteous will shine during this time. Now this is not a sobering thing unless you aren't one of the righteous. And I think that um, sometimes we try to look at ourselves and put ourselves higher than I think we are at times. And then the third thing is the weeds will be pulled out, pulled up by God's angels, and then they will be thrown into the fire where there is gnashing of teeth. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you. I don't know if you know what gnashing of teeth relates to, but that's a pretty sobering thought. He says, uh, don't pick the weeds yet. Be, don't pick them out yet because um, you might pull up, you might pull up some of the wheat with the weeds because they got entangled in the other crop. Be careful, be careful. Wait, wait, what do you mean? I thought you've been preaching and you always tell us that Jesus is gracious. I thought God is slow to anger and abounding in love. What is this gnashing of teeth stuff? Well, let me tell you, all through the Bible, there is a characteristic of God that is just as true as all the other characteristics. And that is that he is a righteous judge. If he wasn't a righteous judge, then he wouldn't be loving. We all learn this. We all learn how important a righteous judge is from five years old when we have two toys, one ours, one the other's, and we take the other person's toy and mom says to us, that's not your toy, this is his toy, and we both get our toys back. Here, finally, rightness has been served. We, see, we understand how important a righteous judge is. Without a righteous judge, there is lawlessness in the day we live we can all agree there is mercy happening at the same time as judgment there are weeds growing at the same time as wheat and they are happening at the same time if you want me to be more clear i'll read another passage and this is a direct prophecy of the times we are in it's found in revelation chapter 14 it talks more in detail of the harvest it's lengthy but watch how closely it parallels where we are at today Revelation 14, 14 through 20. I looked and there before me, John was talking, there was a cloud, a white cloud. Seated on the cloud was the son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand, Jesus. Then another angel 
came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, take your sickle and reap because the time to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is ripe. This is the, the righteous harvest. So he was seated on the cloud, swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was harvested. The righteous were, were uh, received. Another angel came out of the temple and he too had a sharp sickle. But this time it was not a judgment of righteousness. The other, the other angel had a uh, charge of the fire, who had charge of the fire, came from the altar and called in a loud voice with his sharp sickle, take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine because its grapes are ripe. The, the angel swung his sickle gathers its grapes they were trampled in the wine press outside the city and blood flowed out of the press rising as high as the bridles for a distance of 1600 stadia in other words there was blood everywhere because two judgments had taken place if anything this is a stark warning to be careful not to take advantage of God's mercy and live sloppy lives because there are two harvests that will take place. I would encourage you, my brothers and sisters, with a smile on my face because the Holy Spirit will give you the strength to do this and Jesus is with you. Be watchful and alert because he is also a God of judgment. And you want to present yourselves before the living God one day righteously and hear him say to you at the end of the age, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes, I'll be held accountable for what I say and what I tell you, but you are also held accountable for yourself. So I encourage you to read this study Study the Bible, read, make sure you know God. Do everything you can to be a part of this harvest of mercy. All right, we're gonna be back in just a minute and we're gonna take the rest of the time together to look uh, quickly at how to navigate during the beginning of the end of the age. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for being with us today and thank you for coming back to join us. I said in the first part, we talked about the two harvests that are taking place, that are going to take place, that perhaps are taking place right as we speak. And uh, in the rest of our time together, I want to look at a quick to-do list for navigating these times. I would perhaps uh, venture to call them the end of the age. Whatever that means is yet to be determined, but I think we will continue to see obstacles even after the obstacles we have seen i think we'll continue to see even more obstacles in our way as god begins these two harvests the first thing on our to-do list number one stretch like we talked about last week please listen to that if you didn't listen to it but new wine new wineskins new attitudes god is building in us and we must be able to stretch luke chapter 5 verse 37 jesus said this no one pours new wine into old wineskins if you do it the gases will cause the wineskins to break 
the wine will run out and, and the wineskins will be ruined. Yet there are Christians, there are believers walking around trying to live with their old wineskins when God's trying to pour in new wine that, are go that is going to help us to uh, navigate the times we are living. Stretch. You say, I don't want to be stretched. I don't want to change. I don't like change. Neither do I. Neither does most people. But it's happening. And you can do it. You've been doing it so far. We, you, you've navigated through um, canceled parties and postponed programs and um, put off little leagues and uh, now schools being uh, delayed. Um, if you don't understand change, if you can't handle this stretching, go find a mom and talk to her because they're dealing with it. They're dealing with homeschooling and all kinds of things like this. this if there is ever a time that stretching is happening, it's happening. So I'm telling you, stretch. That's number one. Number two, number two of this and our to-do list of what to do in these days that we're leading up to the end of the age. Number two, stand. Number one, stretch. Number two, stand. It sounds easy enough. Ephesians chapter six uh, talks about putting on the armor of God and it says the word stand um, a few times in a row and it's not a typo. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. Write stand in the comments. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. What are you trying to say here? Are you, are you, are you uh, mixed up? Are you, are you clear what you're saying? What, what, when you study this out, it's talking about a posture. A posture that we take as believers. It's not a defensive one. It's not a fearful one. It's a confident assurance that the victory is won as we understand our authority in Jesus. That's what he's saying. Uh, Ephesians 6.14 in the message version says it like this. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. So take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be standing or you'll still be on your feet. I think that's why it's so important in these days that we do not, he says, uh, take all the help you can get. I think it's very important that we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, even if it's online. And at some point, you're, we're going to all have to, um, you'll have to even consider biting the bullet and getting in fellowship with other believers because it will bring an encouragement that you perhaps aren't getting. And I believe that um, there's a strength in being with believers and there's, there's a strength in gathering corporately, praying corporately, and worshiping together corporately, corporately. It doesn't mean that there won't be scary times, but we don't have to be afraid in them because our posture, our posture is uh, command is to stand. It could be said like this, stand in God's authority, stand in confidence, and stand with the armor of God girded about you. Listen, the devil that we fight against is not an equal with God. He's not even near there. He's not even on the same playing field. He is only one of trillions of angels that God has created. The devil just needs to be reminded 
that he has lost. And we need to be reminded that we have the victory as we proclaim it. Stand, not passively, not doing nothing. Stand for truth. Actively stand. Take action. Stand for righteousness. Stand for Jesus. Yes, our stance must be uh, seasoned with grace. But we also need to understand when we're standing for righteousness, for what the Bible says, we're not standing for cultural things. We're standing specifically on the Word of God. Make sure what you're standing on is the Word of God. And as you stand for it, let it be seasoned with grace and mercy and love. Number one, stretch. Number two, stand. Number three, watch. Your awareness that there is a spiritual fight happening is not enough anymore. This is a different day that we live in. Reagan just got her driver's license uh, recently, uh, this last month, and uh, too bad because she takes after me and she likes to look around. And then we tell her, be alert, watch ahead, look right in front of you and then look a little bit farther in front of you. Make sure to keep your eyes out. You must be watching or you'll get into a crash or something will happen. Jesus forewarned the church, uh, which is us, very specifically about watching. And Luke chapter 21, verse 34 through 36, listen to this. This is almost uncanny to, to uh, what we need to hear in the time that we are living. Be careful, my brothers and sisters, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of this life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to, here's the word again, stand before the Son of Man. So I want to close today and I just remind you of these three things. Stand, stretch, and watch. I have to ask this right now and I could apply this to you. But I want to first ask, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you personally through what I've been saying. What is, what's going on in your mind? What are you thinking? What is God impressing on you? There's many different things for as many people that are listening. God is calling you to different things and he's impressing certain things on you. Some of you, um, some of the obvious ones, of course, help the harvest along. Be a part of the harvest. Uh, be a part of bringing people to Jesus, obviously. That's, that's our calling, that's what we're to do. Give more of yourself, not less. In these days, it's a time not to shrink back, but to press ahead, press forward. People are hungry, people are searching, people are wondering. 
Don't get more passive. Serve more. It doesn't necessarily mean serving at church. We're not having a lot of the different ministries right now, but find ways to serve wherever you're at. Find ways that you can help us. We have lots of areas that you can serve, especially as things progress and as we transition to this next season. Uh, worship. Worship, worship, worship. Don't take this time. This is how we fight our battles, right? Don't this take this time to sink back. Well, the church online is only doing one worship song, so that's all the worship I have each week. No, worship, find ways. Don't hold back. Another application of this is don't crash. Make sure you're watching that you don't crash. You don't let a hang up or a habit or an addiction get the best of you during this time and cause your whole journey to be ruined, your car to be put in the shop and you to be put in the hospital. God would shout. God would shout if he could, and I think he is shouting, through the power of the Holy Spirit. If there was ever a time that your lifestyle matters, it's right now. Your lifestyle is important. How you carry yourself, how you obey Jesus, it's so important because in the time we are living, we are seeing rapid deteriorating of human character. It's crazy. Second Chronicles 7:14. if it was ever to be a call to the church, it's now. Humble yourselves, pray, repent, turn from your wicked ways, pray, ask forgiveness so that God might hear us in this time. So right now, let's do some business with God. Would you pray with me? Lord, I've written, this, I've written this prayer and you just pray it with me. Awake us. Awake us if we have not already awakened already to the fact that these are not casual days that we are living at all. This is not business as usual at all. Yes, we can still walk in joy. Yes, we can still walk in peace and love. But this is a time when weeds are growing like never before. So Lord Jesus, all the more, we give you more of ourselves. We surrender everything that we have to you so that you might use our weaknesses and our strengths to glorify you and help others to see your light so we can be included in this harvest of wheat and we can help bring it to pass. No wonder no wonder the devil is causing more distractions than ever before. Forgive us, Lord. Help us. We repent of our evil ways. And I ask that you use me. I ask that you help me stand, stretch, and watch, and listen to your orders, and listen to your plan. In Jesus' name, be strong, my brothers and sisters, for the Lord our God is with us. God bless.